Welcome to Rooster and the Devil, where we give you the Americans' perspective on English Premier League soccer, with hosts Brad Tyndall, Jimmy Karn, and Mike Steenstra. Welcome. Welcome to Rooster and the Devil. Thanks for joining us. Would you mind telling us about yourself a little bit? Yeah, my name's Hayden Partain. Um, I play for San Antonio Football Club. And I went to Wake Forest University, and yeah, I'm a player. I'm here. I'm glad to be here, and thanks for having me. So uh, right now we're in the midst of social distancing and self quarantining and all that. Where where are you quarantining right now? So I'm in my apartment. Yeah, yeah, I'm in my apartment in San Antonio. Um, literally like two football lengths away from the stadium sadly just sitting there vacant um uh, but yeah i'm in san antonio my apartment with my wife and my brother so it's been nice good. yeah got some family <laughs> yeah. it's important uh jimmy and i both have young children i've got a, a 23 month old and i have a three week old so like oh my days. it's been a it's been a wild ride for uh for this whatever this is going on right now and then jimmy has two kids as uh, well yeah i got a three-year-old and an eight-month-old so uh, and both my wife and I are working from home. So I love my family to death and I, I've realized my house is not big enough when it's time for social distancing <laughs> amongst family members, <laughs> man, I took I a drive today just that. to get away. I had to get away for a little bit. <laughs> no, no kidding. It, it makes sense. I mean, it's, it's crazy how little, little time that you have yourself in your day, how, how much it means to everyone you know everyone has has their special things that they need to do kind of on their own but yeah i mean we got to just stay home and be safe because there's other people that i mean you'll have young children that's 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 crazy you know gotta be yeah. extra safe oh yeah man three stuff. weeks i'm i've been very careful for a very long yeah, time and i'm in maryland as well so like, we're a little bit more of a hot spot over here and then jimmy's in michigan okay so he's on the west side of the state. The east side of the state by Detroit is a, is a definitely a hot spot. So yeah, scary, wow. scary times, man, for sure. But how have you been keeping yourself fit? Yeah, so our team has been like very disciplined in the way that we've done kind of a you know a fitness regimen. So I personally, the first week, it's it's a while that we have, you know. Um, so the first week they didn't make us do anything mandatory or anything. So I just kind of went to the park, rode my bike, you know, did things away from everyone, uh, outside. And then I just kind of did Peloton workouts. I don't know if y'all know, but they have, because of this quarantine thing, um, they have like three months free and it's an app basically that they have a bunch of different workouts. So I get on there and I just try to knock out as many as I can really. Um, Mm -hmm. but we do zoom, zoom meetings every day of the week as a as a club and talk about things and then do workouts together with everyone on video so it's kind of it's kind of fun and you know keeps you fit and we basically do kind of like p90 p90-esque workouts you yeah. know what i mean with yeah. body weight aerobics and strengthening stuff so just stuff like that um but every day we go to the park my wife me my wife and my brother we go to the park and we definitely practice social distancing my my wife is has type 1 diabetes so that's mm-hmm. one thing that we can't risk 
And so we go to the park, we'll do a jog or we'll go to the field and we'll just make sure it's just us three close to each other. And that's it. Um, yeah. So yeah. Can they, can they kick the soccer ball? Are they good, good at soccer at all? They kick the yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So both my brother and my wife all play D one soccer. So oh, nice. it's, it's a pretty high level. It's, it's, it's good. So, oh, so you got like a little practice going on yeah. with oh, family. Yeah. That's for fun. Sure, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what about uh, individual with the ball? Do you work with that at all? Like around um, the house or I'll do I'll train. Yeah, I do stuff in, in, in my apartment. Um I juggle on my apartment. I before the quarantine, I have a small ball that I basically walk around the house with, you know, all the time touching the ball. And yeah. uh I actually I've done two like in house skill sessions on Facebook Live for like kids that I've coached and asked and stuff so that just trying to keep, you know, kids active and maybe give parents or um, relatives 30 minutes to themselves. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I noticed you were a youth coach. I, I followed you on Instagram like an hour before we turned on the recording here. So oh, okay. tell, yeah, I mean, yeah. since you mentioned it, it seems pretty cool. Like you're, you're into youth coaching and yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I'm done playing, I want to be, I would like to be a head professional coach. That's, that'd be my end all be all goal. Mm. But I love coaching kids. Uh, I've done it. I started basically my own business, uh, coaching business when I lived in Sacramento. But now with our team, the the coaches and the, and the club has asked us not to do outside coaching, just to rest our bodies, which I completely understand. Sure. Um, so I've had, a, I mean, the way we play is very demanding. So I understand they don't want me in the evenings going and standing and coaching and whipping in balls for kids. So I completely get that. But when I'm done, I'm definitely like super passionate about that. And I love just, you know, helping younger kids to learn things, maybe not the hard way and try to open their eye to look at things a little differently from my experiences. I mean, that's what's so amazing about U.S. soccer right now is there's so much room for growth like that. So to see you playing USL, coaching youth, like the country hasn't had that. So I think I think the the next level of soccer is going to be awesome because of guys like you so thanks for doing that yeah of course has it been uh do you uh coach both boys and girls like what's more of your experience at yeah so it's been both boys both boys and girls um my younger kids are usually boys and my older kids are usually girls uh Mm -hmm. that's just coincidental not purpose and um that another thing that i did i worked i worked for a i was basically a coaching mentor for a club is a rec club called land park soccer club. And basically what I did was I did coaching trainings and I would come and I would see coaches run the trainings. And basically what my goal was there was to make sure every kid playing rec soccer. Cause I mean, I even played rec soccer and I didn't want a single kid to have a bad coaching experience to mm-hmm. turn them away from the game. So I would basically help coaches like construct a training session and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah it was nice. Yeah, you're like uh, you're seeding the soccer community by offering the kids. It's just it's neat. Jimmy's yeah, I mean Jimmy played soccer for the first time during the quarantine with his three year old, so I'm sure she'll be kicking a ball at some point. Yeah, that's Uh, been fun. But we got you on the line. We definitely want to ask you some questions here. So can you tell me about your youth soccer career? Yeah, so I played growing up. I played for. Like I said, I played rec when I was younger. I played for many different clubs, but the club that I stayed with uh, the most, you know, growing up through middle school and high school was Solar Chelsea Academy. So I played what for age? two coaches. So what ages? Um, I that was my 
U fit U fourteen through U nineteen. Yeah, U fourteen through U nineteen. Um, and I played there. I got recruited by Wake Forest University from through that. Um, I kind of my it was a it was a crazy experience. I had a fracture in my femur bone, and my sophomore year of high school, and I actually had to I was on crutches for eight months, and then uh, I was out for a full year of soccer, and it made me so hungry and made me miss the game so much. And in reality, I actually didn't want to go to college, but because of that experience made me realize like there's so much more to soccer and like if an injury like this happens you have to be versatile in the way that you do things in life was it a soccer so, injury yeah it was big so what it happened was i played a certain i played both high school and academy at this time okay and i was mm-hmm. a freshman and my my freshman year my high school soccer team we won state so we played every single game you could possibly play right and in texas Texas, Texas is good soccer. Yeah, yeah. No, it was crazy that we won. Like, it's it was wild. And so I basically it was an overuse injury. And my parents were telling me there was, like, growing pains and, like, my knee was killing me. But, like, I was at the age, you know, that I was hitting my growth spurt and stuff. Yeah, it's like So what had happened pain. was I basically, like, hairline fracture, whatever it was, and then it, it made it worse. And because of where it was – it took a lot for my body to heal it without having. So I ended up having to have a microfracture surgery where they broke it furthermore. And then that's what, you know, puts you on, on a, on crutches for a, for a while. Um, so anyways, I went, I played for solar Chelsea and then I got recruited to the Academy. And I feel like that year that I took a year off though, my junior year, I went like off and that's what made me go to such a great university was because I was so hungry sitting for a year not being able to play that I just was, you know, balling out my junior year. And then, yeah. Did you know what you were walking into at Wake? Because I'm new to NCAA soccer. I'm new to soccer yeah, in yeah. general, actually. I, I've been in soccer yeah. for about three years. Mm-hmm. And the more I look at Wake Forest, like, it's an incredible soccer development environment. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say I knew what I was walking to in a sense. But once you're there, it's a whole nother animal, you know. Um, I was totally invested into the style of play. It was very similar to what I had grown up playing. Um, but the culture aspect and the family aspect, I think you're, you're, you're told about it, but you don't actually feel it and know about it until you're there, until you're immersed in it. So, um, it was, it was amazing. And it was the best decision I think I've made in my life. I had two great coaches there. I learned a lot, you know, um, through good and bad times. I met a lot of great people and networked and, I have many pro. I can't even count on my fingers how many pros that are currently still playing that I played with. Um, so, it's it's amazing. And that place, I mean, they they just do things there way differently. And it's not just training you to be a better person or a better soccer player. It's training to be uh, for you to be a better person. So that's what's amazing there. And I mean, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't say any more about that. So going from high school to Wake. Um, did you play the same position in high school in uh, an academy that you played when you got to Wake, or did they they change uh, your position? And then how did that fit into like what system did you guys run at Wake? Yeah, so I played a totally different position uh, at Wake than I did at growing up. Basically, in high school soccer, I played a ten. Like I was, I played everywhere. You know, I did did the thing. Um, I was a good player, and you know, it's a different level. So. When in academy, I actually played like an eight or a six. So I was like a defensive midfielder and I would score goals from distance or I'd play like an eight box to box. 
And then when I went to Wake, I played winger. And it was a very, very hard transition for me because I'm not yeah. – I mean, I'm athletic for sure, but I'm not a pacey guy. Like, I'm quick and agile, but I'm not – if you're going to run me in a track race, like, bro, you're going to smoke me. So, like, I, I have to think about things, like, smarter up here. But yeah. the way we played at Wake was – we play the we played a four three three basically or a four five one depending on you know attacking or defensive shape, and basically I'd play inverted winger. I would play I would play center midfield uh, eight from from winger, and I would come in and get involved and combine and slip players through. I, but I would never isolate myself to where I was one v one with anyone. That wasn't my game. You know? Um, so yeah, that's what, that's what I played there. And it didn't change. I play left and right. Cause I can use both my feet equally as well. Um, mm. but yeah, I didn't play. I never played center mid cause the guys that played center mid were ballers. They were national team players and they play in the MLS and Scotland now that huh. they, I wasn't going to play there. I was, I was a good player too, but I wasn't going to beat them out in the coach's eyes in that position. I just talked to uh, Alistair Johnston. Did you play with him at all? I did not. He was after my class. He's a great player, though. I've, I've watched him many times. He played outside gotcha. back. He was saying, like, 1 through 20 on the roster was just insane at Wake Forest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my my my. so the only year that I started at Wake was my sophomore year. So my freshman mm. year I didn't start. My sophomore year really? I started. Then we got a new coach, and uh, he, changed, he brought his own people in, changed things up, and I mean, we still went to a national championship, everything. Like, it, I, I have no, no uh, negative thing to say about it. You know, I was just – I was a role player, basically, and I would come off sure. the bench. And, and it You're was tough. The- it was hard to get in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I wouldn't say I was fine with it at the time, but I was yeah. young, still trying to learn. Do, you, you obviously want to aim and help so, Do you think but, that – do you think that just being part of a setup like that at Wake Forest, that competitiveness – better prepared you to be a pro than than to go somewhere else and, and start every game? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I went there, and I, my freshman year, I remember one time I didn't travel. And I'll, I'll just close this. Like, I, I didn't travel. I was I graduated high school early, actually, and so I wasn't even 18 years old yet. I was 17, and I didn't tra- make the travel roster. And I, I walked back from the locker room when the team was traveling, like, actually crying. And, and – there's two there's two ways that you can respond to that and, and people you know they either they either drown or swim right and I think for me it was a great experience and there's many kids that I've that I've played with even in the USL that were signed straight to the club right and they didn't go and have a college experience and I can see that they haven't had that college experience they haven't suffered they haven't been a student athlete all at once like they they've been spoon fed they have not done things, you know, um, and learned on their own and been out on their own without their parents being there, you know, holding their hand. So for me, I, yeah, it's, it's a parent and it was a great experience. Like I said, I, I don't regret it one bit, even if it took away four years from me playing professionally, it was a great experience. Huh. I mean, it sounds like a professional environment in a way. Of course there are complaints about the NCAA schedule and practicing and all that, but like as far as the coaches and environment is concerned, like, yeah. Yeah, no, next to none. What are the other uh, good soccer programs in the country for this? Those of us that um, don't know. Okay, so I would say so. Wake Forest. So the ACC altogether is like the toughest conference. Um, most of those teams all go deep into the NCAA tournament. So UNC, um, mm-hmm. Duke, NC State, uh, Virginia, Clemson, Syracuse. 
the the one that beat us in the final they're a great team and and although i don't I don't like the way they play. They're, they're effective and they find a way and that's Stanford and they're yeah. a great team. You know, they find ways to win and it's very different than the way wake played, but it's, it's a winning culture. And so if, if you fit that system, like if I, and I was a kid, a young kid, I would try to go there, you know, especially like it's a different geographic region of the, of the country. And I believe Jimmy has a question for you about the uh, national championship game. <laughs> okay. He said he's an open book. Uh, so <laughs> I read you, you missed a PK in that final, correct? Yeah. So I missed the winning PK. I had I had the ball in my hand to win to win the national championship. And to be honest, like I was upset. Uh, there was like probably two weeks that I probably didn't even sleep, like just beating myself up about it. But in all honesty, like looking back on it, it I think it was a big turning turning point or big point. Um, in my life to define who I am today. Um, and I didn't roll over and I didn't d- let that define me, but yeah, it was, a, it was a gut feeling and where'd you go? I went low, right. And the keeper, hey. to be honest, the keeper made, it's funny. The keeper made a great save. Like I hit a great PK. All right. It's fine. Low. What's yeah. that? I said low, right. It's fine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a simple save or anything. It was a good save. And to this day, so my, my wife, her, her dad played professionally in Sweden. And to this day, he goes, he cheated. He came off the line early. And so he'll Probably always like, go back. He'll, <laughs> he'll go back and show me the film. And, and actually, he actually <laughs> did come off the line early. He's right. It's but not surprising. I don't, I don't oh. sit here and go like, oh, like, like this bull yeah. crap. No, I just, you know, take the it. AR. And it. Uh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd be vindicated. Yeah. I feel like I feel like the goalies always have the disadvantage, but I played goalie. He's so, a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's, I like, mean, that's, as long as you put it on frame, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Didn't it didn't affect you becoming a professional soccer player, so no, I, I think no, you're doing all right. All. Just to yeah. play in the national title game, like that had to be fucking oh, awesome. It was sick. It was but, it was in Houston that too, year, right? Yeah, I was in Houston, um, and my whole family was there because I'm from Texas. So it was mm-hmm. yeah, it was crazy. But I mean, so it's funny. My first my first professional year, we went to PKs in the first playoff game, and I rose my hand, and I'm like a young buck, like basically didn't even think I was gonna take a PK, and I go up there, and I'm like, no, I'm taking a PK, and I took a PK, and I hit it so hard down the middle that it like ripped the net off because I just like needed that. <laughs> like a vengeance to myself, you know, to like prove nice. to myself it's good, like be over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We ended up winning in PKs and knocking out Real Monarchs, the number one seed at the time. And it was awesome. It was a great experience. Very cool. Always, always go down the middle. <laughs> always. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Statistically, I think that's the right call, though. I, I... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I do a, a totally different – pk now but what, i i yeah. look at the keeper the whole time mm. like i've changed it because Stare him down. i'm tired of hit, i'm tired of hitting good pks that are like in the corner right where it needs to be and they oh. read it and then and then you don't know that they're look that they made that movement you know what i mean because you're focused so you have like a hop now like no no hop. throw them off i'll just i'll just like trot and, and just keep my eyes locked to them and I have one way that if they don't move, that's where I go every time. And if they do move, I just go to the other side. Uh, so, like, yeah. you just have to practice it to where you don't look at the ball. Like, I don't look at the ball at all. It's all feeling. But you have to practice it to make sure you don't obviously muff the shot. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 
All right, so you play in USL, professional soccer player. Let's get back to that, that a little bit. Um, yeah. So post-college, I saw that you played a, a season USL League 2. Is that correct? Yeah, and it was PDL at the time. So what was that like? So, so, you, so you went just like tried out there? Or? Yeah, so basically what happened was this is, this, this is a crazy story if you want to hear this. So yes, we do. I graduated from Wake Forest in the final. Um, you know, in the final national championship, we lost, right? I was in the MLS draft. My name was in the MLS draft. I didn't get okay. drafted. Um, Did you have a I sense on, that you might get drafted? Um, I had I had a chance or like a hope and talks with FC Dallas because they were literally like a par five from my house. And <laughs> I knew the coach. And so I had a thought that they were going to give me a trial, like maybe draft sure. me like third, fourth round and give me a chance. You know what okay. I mean? Um, that didn't happen. They ended up going with someone else. Uh, but I went on trial for eight different USL teams, eight. Mm. So I went, the first one I went with, uh, was Louisville city and then get, didn't get brought back there. Uh, North Carolina FC, Pittsburgh, um, San Antonio, San Antonio FC, Tulsa, um, who else? And then a couple more. Anyways, I didn't have to get signed by any of them. Right. And, and so basically what happened at that time is I went and moved back with my parents and I basically worked three jobs. I coached for solar. I drove Uber and then I did my, I started my own private skills business to, to make money. And all while I was trying to keep fit to how old, how old were you at this time? This time I was 22. I just had turned 22. Good for you, man. Yeah. Hustling. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I kept, the dream alive and then so basically what happened was this guy named john pascarella who's a okc head coach now um he was a coach at sporting kansas city the goalkeeper coach for four or five years at this point and he was going to be the head coach at uh des moines menace and somehow he got my phone number or whatever and saw that i had fallen through the tr- uh, the cracks professionally it was like hey um we want you to come play for us in pdl i'm like, I'm like bro i have three jobs like unless you can like guarantee me my my apartment uh, food or gas, like all my expenses paid for, um, then, then I'm not coming and he goes done. So they do that. Nice. So they do huh. that. So I ended up going on there and working a nine to five job there in an office and uh. playing PDL and just balling out. And at this time, someone at Sacramento in the center midfield position, like broke his foot or something. And because I was doing so well and John Pascarella had connections, I got a phone call and I bought a one-way ticket to Sacramento, like just all with all my money left, and and was like I'm staying here. And then I was there for three seasons. It sounds like Sacramento. Obviously, they got the expansion team coming in MLS. The environment sounds amazing. So, like, what's it like to go to from Des Moines to to Sacramento? Yeah. And oh, it was crazy. I remember sitting in the stands like for the first game that I was there, and I obviously didn't get the dress yet. Um, but I was sitting there and I like videoed it and I'm like, dude, this is wild. This is, I mean, growing up and going to FC Dallas games, it was more fans than FC Dallas games. So it was like crazy and wild too, like atmosphere. Oh, atmosphere. Yeah. You couldn't, you can't hear on the field there at Papa Murphy's Park. You, you have to be able to like read things without talking because you talk to your teammate and you can't see, hear crap. Papa Murphy, huh? Yeah, Papa, Papa Murphy's, Murphy's Park. <laughs> What's Papa Murphy? It's a pizza place, like Papa John's. It's, it's called Papa Murphy's Park. I don't know. That's I don't awesome. really, yeah. I didn't really eat it. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably good so, for your uh, professional career. Yeah, probably. 
So on field at Sacramento, I mean, you know, what was your experience like in Sacramento? And USL championship too. Like you're up. Like USL championship, you're knocking on the door to, you know, to MLS. Yeah, Yeah, no, I mean, I've played against. I played against Carlos Vela. I've played. (laughs) I played against LAFC. I played against uh, San Jose Earthquakes. I've played against Seattle Sounders. Like the first teams. Like we went deep in Open Cup. My years. I remember I fouled Carlos Vela, and he was like. He was like yelling about it, and I like I was like get up, and he was like what? It's not a foul, and I was like get up, you're soft. Like that's you know, awesome. and it's crazy. It's crazy to see these guys because I mean I respect the crap out of that guy, and so like watching him on TV and then playing him is a different is a different animal. Um, but yeah, no, Lord. I had a great experience. The city there was awesome. You were respected as a player and well known as a player because basically in Sacramento you're the only winning team really because the Kings haven't been very very good lately. So like the there's a lot of people that love the soccer team. You know, you can walk yeah. around downtown and someone will recognize you and be like, Oh, can I get you a beer? And like, to me, that that's pretty big in America to, to be, especially if you're not even in, in MLS. So right. it was a great experience. I couldn't, I couldn't complain at all. It was, it was a, it was a great first team experience, you know? And in all honesty, I wanted to stay there. I wanted to play my entire career there. I didn't want to, I, I told you I'm a loyalist. I wanted to be in one place mm-hmm. and just ride it out. So but obviously things were worked out differently. So, uh, what other teams are in your, your circuit there for Sacramento and like, what are the cool soccer cities like that people might not know about? Um, what do you, what do you mean by that? I, I mean, uh, like when you played, you know, away games, like what were the cooler stadiums? Oh, like cooler in the teams? USL? Yeah. In the yeah. USL. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I'm at San Antonio now, San Antonio playing away here. It sucked. Like they have a, they had a crazy, home rec- they still do have a crazy crazy home record it's a hard place to play um a cool place to play um i'm trying to think phoenix is a sick place to play like great atmosphere huh. um great facilities it's in the middle of the desert and you might have cotton mouth but it's a cool it's a cool I, experience i got i gotta ask did you play at phoenix on one of those beer nights that they do oh yeah oh yeah okay. we did yeah <laughs> I played against Drugba as well. I played against Drugba. Oh, and legendary. Yeah. That's, Drugba. that's incredible. So my roommate at the time, he, he's a goalkeeper. He saved Drugba's PK and free kick in the same game. And I was like, dude, that's wild. <laughs> the guy that won the Champions League off a of PK. I was like, all right, if he's even missing a PK, then like my national championship PK, it's all right. It's not. A Absolutely. <laughs> so you're, you're with San Antonio now on, um, you know, considering the circumstances, unfortunately, you guys have only had a game. Yeah. Um, but uh, so um, what what brought you to San Antonio and uh, and what's been your experience so far yeah. before all this? Yeah, I mean, what San Antonio is doing here is a lot like what I experienced at Wake. Um, the The coaching staff is honestly the best coaching staff I've ever been a part of. These guys are so cutthroat so clear and concise and organized like you know exactly what they want um everything is super demanding and the players that they recruited are all leaders in in their own way and and everything is held to such a high standard that like you have no room to breathe if you're if you're like weak and it's good i've already gotten so much better mentally emotionally tactically and everyone is so bought in. So I, I couldn't be like, it's just basically a pro Wake Forest to me. Um, and the coach's name's Alan Marcina. And it's, 
in all honesty, looking at the talent and um, the people, just knowing the people now, I, I'm so surprised at how he pulled off a USL budget to get these players. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm playing against players that there's a guy named PC that is just an absolute baller. I'm playing with this guy named Blake Smith who's played in the MLS. We have so much MLS experience and abroad experience, like older players and young players combined that it's like morphed a really good team. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, been a great experience and I'm sad that obviously we can't play right now, but we're still doing things now that I'm so impressed by. So I'm hopeful. I'm ho- You know, the good thing about soccer in America is, you know, if there is a good thing right now, which we're obviously in a very dire situation with coronavirus, but the season had just started. You played one game. MLS got two or three games in like, I don't know. We'll see where we're at end of summer. I'm hopeful for you to have a season at, at San, at San Antonio uh, yeah. this year. Um, but, but, like, what was the season looking like for you? Do you think you had been a would have been a you know regular starter? What position were you playing in? So I started and played full ninety the first game, but like I said, the t- team is so deep, just like a Wake Forest. So I'm definitely competing for a spot for sure. I played the eight position, box to box. Um, so basically, at eight and six, you know, we kind of um, move around and alternate just depending on the flow of the game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be hard to pl- be a consistent starter and especially the way we play the style of play that we do is like so vigorous physically that we're definitely gonna have to rotate our team especially with the season being condensed now in a shorter period of time so um i mean being bought into that and having leaders that are very mature about the situation though and understanding that they're on the bench but yet staying positive and ready for when their chance comes i think is a huge thing for winning a championship so like I'm not too worried about that part. I'm just I'm just wanting to make sure I fulfill my role as as a player and a leader. Sure. You know. <clears throat> so uh, USL since you started seems like it's changed a lot. They went through rebranding. I mean, are you allowed to tell us your take at all on USL as an organization? Yeah. No, I think it's actually really good. The one thing that I like better about it than MLS is one. We got to talk about these the kits, man. Like the fact that we have originality in kits is like so cool because there's so many friends that I have in USL and we trade kits, blah blah blah, and and I have a bunch of huh. different kits. And MLS is like, dude, what is a cookie cutter crap? Like this is <laughs> this little is free not how is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so that's one thing, um, you know. Huh. But in all seriousness, like yeah, in all seriousness, I think it's actually run very well. The standards that they they require um, the minimal things that they require of clubs is pretty good. Um, we have a players union now that can, you know, uh, basically make sure that conditions are proper for teams. I, I definitely think people are getting underpaid. Uh, sure. I, I know that player, some players are maybe still play, paying for free or paying or playing for housing. Playing and, for free. Not, yeah. Like meaning oh. they, they get housing paid for, they get like a stipend, but they're not actually making a salary. Um, um, so that to me is, is not okay. Uh, health insurance is a big thing that some teams don't, don't even offer, which is really crazy to me. Yeah. Nothing. So like these, these things, so these things like are very important and we're working towards getting, yeah. but then again, like USL, there's no, there's no like minimum or maximum. So you, you could have one player that's making like 2 million, no minimum or maximum yeah so it's different it's like mls it's not it's not like that so so there's there's good things and there's bad things about it but overall like 
it's been good. I, I really like it. Um, and the one thing I wish all of soccer, I wish we didn't have playoffs. I think, I think whoever's in first place should be in first place at the end of the league, end of the league. And then you have like a like the Open Cup or whatnot, and then like a Carabao Cup, which I don't know. We can make Toyota Cup. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can do Absolutely. like a USL specific cup. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but that's all of US soccer. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't knock just USL about yeah. that. Um, but I think it's been good. And I mean, the level between my first year. So this is my fourth season. Yeah, this is my fourth season. The level between my first season and the fourth season is like uncomparable. Uncomparable. Really? Like not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Um, and it's it's crazy because all this the league is like people try to tell me, oh, yeah, you're not in the MLS or something. And I try to tell them you realize that the USL at times could be a lot harder than MLS. And the reason I say that is because one, the quality isn't as good. But two, the work and the effort is is always at an all time high. Every single player that's in the USL is either there because they want to go to the MLS or they played at the MLS or they played at another and they're older and they're playing now, right? So the yeah. game is just super back and forth a lot of the times, and it's not easy to win. Anyone can beat anyone. You you could win one game like 6-0 and then the next game get smacked 3-0. It's, it's all over the place. It's anyone's game. And so for me, that's a very difficult league, and and there's no – respects anyone like everyone's like no i'm gonna kill you and you're gonna kill me that's how it is like if you have a carlos vela you're definitely backing off him. you know what i mean this guy you don't know in the usl you're not backing off of him and so it makes it harder for that guy defending and the guy attacking so it's always just like a bloodbath so that's the one thing that i would say about the usl it's very hard you're not gonna there's not many guys that are scoring like 30 goals in a league you know because and it's not because oh they lack quality or something. I definitely think that MLS has better quality and more poise and under and intellectual. You probably players. see some gems. You probably oh, see some for gems. sure. Oh, for sure, for sure. But think about it. Like even if it's a you, even if the guy's like nasty, right? He's a good player. Excuse my lingo. I use crazy lingo. You think he's like great, great one v one player. He's doing ten stepovers and beating a guy, right? Some Robinho stuff. Well. <laughs> In this league, if that happens, like you don't know the guy, you don't know like, he's not value. a big name exactly. So <laughs> when he gets the ball, you're still close to him, just re- just just t- t- taking him out. Yeah, it's, it's it's so much more cutthroat in the sense because there's another level above us that they want to be at. You see yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And there's yeah. players that there's players that I, I watch in the MLS and like. I'm not I'm not knocking them or anything because they're that they're at a higher level for a reason. But it looks like some of them coast. I mean, I can't lie, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's teams that because there's no rele- relegation or anything that they already know their season's over and the whole team looks like they're just chilling. And that's yeah. not in the USL. It's not like you're fighting because you don't make any money. You're fighting for like your bonuses, like to pet to feed your wife. You know, it's yeah. different. You're not. It's totally different. I mean, I'm very glad to have you on because I always wax poetic about how much I love USL compared to MLS. I'm, you know, I'm new to soccer in general, but from what mm-hmm. I could tell, like the USL cities and the mentality and like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, everyone in the USL mostly is a grinder and they love they're, they're passionate about football. They're not making bukus of money. They're playing because they love football like that changes things. So personally, you mentioned coaching, but is there still aspirations of MLS? Of course. 
of course, but I wouldn't subject myself to just MLS. Like my goal is to play as long as I can at the highest level that I can. I like that. That's that's it. That's it. I'm not gonna. If I never go MLS and I have a full career in the USL, I wouldn't be like, oh, I fell short. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that at all. For sure, I'm pushing myself to the highest of my potential, um, and I would love to play at that level. But you know, it, there's a lot of things out of your control too. So I mean, you do you think you could you right now? Like, like. Yeah, I mean, I've played against those players. I've, I can, I can send you highlights of me doing stuff with. I've with seen it. Teams, You're fucking you know? good, so man. I, I don't question that. It's just consistency. That's the different. That's the different at, the, at that level. What can, what can you do consistently among those players? So, I mean, I, I think so within myself. Yeah, for sure. But I, I mean, I can't tell you the truth until I'm actually there. Yeah, I mean, I was just giving you an opportunity to tell the uh, twenty Rooster and the Devil listeners that. You, <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh, so um, I think no, I've, I, I've exhausted my questions, Jimmy, do, do, and then I want to talk about Arsenal a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll cap it off with the Premier League. I was just, my yeah. my one last question because, um, yeah, I think that you know, it's obviously yeah, play as long as you can for you know as well as you can for as long as you can. But doing the coaching too, I know that you said like you know at Sacramento you're able to do some coaching on the side, and that's that's not the case at San Antonio. Um, but a lot of the guys that like that are playing that want to coach after kind of work on their licenses throughout their career. Um, are you worried about that at all? Or are you just, you know, right now you're 25, you're solely focused on, on, on playing and worrying about the licenses and that sort of stuff after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm totally bought in right now, but we have so much downtime. Like I can be proactive about other things and still be a fully invested in playing football right now. So I've actually spoke with, with, people in, in the higher ups of my club because there was there was a time i think it was two seasons ago that st louis actually so a big problem here in u.s soccer is if you're a professional it doesn't guarantee you getting a license right anymore um to be a coach and so mm. the big issue here is that if you are a professional you play during the season the, all, all the courses are during the season so there's never like ample time for you to go to la or chicago or florida or whatever wherever they're hosting this the in-house or the in uh office class where you're actually available to go do this because you're playing in the league. So that's a big problem, right? So in the off season, they, they offer like B or a license courses. Well, you need your D and C before you can get to that. So to me, I haven't had any opportunity at all. And I've, I've voiced this to us soccer before, and I've talked to many people. So basically at St. Louis would come in full circle back. St. Louis as a club talked to us soccer and brought someone in house to do it for players I guess they had enough interest in players that wanted to be coaches. So mm-hmm. basically they did something in-house for them to get, I don't know what license it was. Maybe it was their D or their E. I don't know. But I've talked to the higher ups here to try to get that going. Um, because I mean, I'm, I want to make a smooth transition once I'm done playing. Like I could be a coach right then. Right. You know, you should um, be, I mean, yeah, it, it should be uh, that way. Yeah. They, they should grandfather. Like you guys that play professionally, they like not grandfather, but you guys should like, you shouldn't have you to start at the E or D. Like start at like the C. Like you guys are, are professional players, like right? Like that's crazy. That you can thank you can thank Jurgen Klinsmann for that before he left. Really? He's the one who who made that rule. Bastard. Wow. My last question, unrelated. So you played with Ian Harks um, at at Wake. Um, you know, obviously everyone knows who his dad is. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen him score a goal as pretty as the one his dad scored for Sheffield Wednesday? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and no. Uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Ian, Ian, 
Ian's a fantastic player, and he sees things way differently than I've ever seen a player that have um, vision-wise and skill and all these things. But he does not have a cannon like his dad does. Okay. And I went and trained with, with John Harks at Cincinnati, and he still basically has a can- the same cannon. So, uh, uh, no, I did not – I have not seen a goal like that. Um, but, yeah, that, that goal was amazing. It was unbelievable. The balls. The balls is to pull up and shoot from there is incredible. I, mean, yeah, I don't know I, the goal. Explain the goal to me. I'll I'll send you I'll send you the video, but like in short, like um, you know, he played he was played for Sheffield Wednesday in England. Um he got the ball and you know dribbled for like he was like forty yards out and just decides to just let one go and just buries it. Um I can't remember who the keeper was, but the keeper was really good and like he doesn't get beat from there. Um it's just a like I'll I'll send you the video after yeah, that. It's after insane. The like he's basically someone plays the ball like into space in front of him and he's running full speed. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, what, how do you even have a thought to, to watch it? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. All right. Um, so we usually end our rooster and devil guests, get a, a chance to rant. So like okay. anything at all, you've had some good rants and we do appreciate you being on very much. Yeah, so sorry. absolutely. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So this is your last opportunity to, to tell our 20 listeners, like anything you want soccer related generally or not. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have i don't know i feel like i, I spoke enough tell, tell us tell, i guess then uh tell us um your feeling uh we talked like, offline a little bit you're an arsenal fan yeah how are you feeling about arsenal f- going forward like as a fan are you ready to jump off the ship yet no no i'm not I'm, i won't ever Burning. jump off the ship but uh i mean i have a lot of belief in arteta but um, there's some pieces within the team and stuff that I don't know if I fully, uh, can trust. So, um, I mean like Mesut Ozil, oh my, I love the player to death, but like, I don't know if he's really what we, what we're going to get out of him or, uh, yeah. if he fits in because like what Arteta wants is, you know, it, to be honest, I feel like what Arteta wants is like a combination between Man City and like Atletico Madrid. And I don't know if we're going to get both sides of the ball from Ozil for that. Um, there's a couple other pieces that I don't, I don't know that you like Pepe. Yeah, I do like Pepe. Um, I think he has a little little maturing to do. I mean, I'm talking about players that are, you know, that are billions and billions of dollars. So, um, I think, I think he needs to work on his consistency. He's a fabulous player and like a great talent, but, um, I think he needs to give been been given, he needs to be given consistent, you know, uh, opportunities so that he can show his talent over a course of time because there's too many times that he his play gets disrupted of not playing and then playing and all this stuff you know it's like it's like a roller coaster for him you guys are looking better right before the little break here yeah yeah no i agree i agree um we got to work on our defense so we got to we got to change some pieces there man there's yeah some, i mean he, there's some david louise not doing it yeah you can't build around david louise <laughs> no i like david louise but like we stop like we need like a Kashelny. We need like you know what I mean? We need I mean even a motor soccer. Like I know physically he wasn't like the most agile and fast person, but like he was a leader, you know, and I don't right. feel like I mean I think David Luis is uh, is a leader in a way, but more it's like by example. Him. He's not like sorting people out and stuff. Yeah. You know. He's old at this point yeah. too. Like, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm he's he's younger than me, <laughs> but yeah. he's old for a soccer yeah. player. I mean, like yeah. we need like a we need like a Vincent company, 
You know, like we need yeah. someone like that. So what else do you guys know. need? I don't know. We need a lot of things. <laughs> do you like Lacazette? I do like Lacazette, but I don't know how well he's going to thrive if Aubameyang's still there. Um, but we need Aubameyang. Like, I want Aubameyang. I love Aubameyang. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a Tottenham fan, and I, I, it, I think Aubameyang's yeah. great. Yeah, if, but, uh, I mean, if, if they um, said that they can and will finish the season, does uh, Arsenal make a Champions League spot? No chance. No chance. What are they at like, now? Like eight in the like table? No chance, though. Where, where'd they end up at? Well, with this Man City getting ruled out for next year, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe by default. But I don't think, like, I don't know where they're at. Yeah, like ninth or they're, eighth or something. Or tied for say eighth that, or something. I would say they're only, like, four or five points back from fifth place. Money. So, like, the default Champions League if City's yeah. out. So. But I'd, I'd have to go back and look at what – I mean, I can't. I don't know who they're playing, you know, to be yeah. like, oh, I'm confident in this. Sure. Because, That's fair. Yeah. Nobody's looked at this the schedule or the table for weeks yeah. now. Very I don't even sad. know what my schedule is. Like, what the heck's going on, bro? Oh, gosh, yeah. That's crazy. It's just crazy. I hope you're doing okay. You're doing okay mentally because yeah. I'm going crazy. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm just trying to – you got to focus on things a day at a time, and then yeah. those things, little things, will add up to a greater, greater good later on. Can't do anything about that right now. Is Texas? My brother lives in Houston. He said that he's going to work still. Like oh, Maryland, we're that's savage. Yeah, <laughs> no, but most my, people aren't. Essential. My essential. has like many cases, so like my parents like aren't they're quarantining themselves and like not even leaving the house. Like period. Um, yeah, us either. Maryland's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, where I'm living, it's not crazy, but we're not taking any chances. I think there's like 50 cases in the area, like not like immediate area in the greater area. Like San Antonio, think about Texas, like everything's so spread out. There's like two, I don't know how many million. Yeah, San Antonio's like top 10 in uh, population in in cities in, in the U.S., but it's not sprawl. like a big downtown, so it's sprawled out. Yeah, so it's I've been, I've, yeah. I, every time I go to Texas, it's like the sit. There's one little city center, but then the city technically is like just goes on hundreds yeah. of miles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know cool. if that's accurate, but that's why everyone has a truck so they can chill in it luxuriously <laughs> while they're driving thirty minutes. <laughs> Excellent. All right, man. It was very nice to meet you. Thank you for spending some time with us. Yeah, but, of course. No problem at all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.